0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Chemistry Made Simple podcast. I'm your host Matthew Macario, and in this episode we're going to look at acidic buffers. So if you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. Really appreciate you listening. If you're a brand new listener, welcome along. This is a podcast where we help you to get chemistry confident, so hit subscribe or follow in your podcast player now. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about acidic buffers. Firstly, we're going to describe what a buffer is, what it does, and a little bit about how it works. We're going to talk about doing calculations with those buffers. Finally, we'll talk about some of the tricky bits about buffers that tend to come up in exam questions. So we'll talk about how to deal with that. So Firstly, what is an acidic buffer? A buffer solution is a solution that resists pH change. When we add acid or base to a buffer solution, the pH will only change a small amount relative to a solution that didn't have buffering properties. So why do we need these? What's the applications? Well, firstly, there are a lot of natural buffer systems. By that I mean there are buffers within natural systems such as animals and people and plants that maintain and control the pH because there are plenty of biochemical processes that work over a narrow pH range. Also, we use buffers in industrial fermentation processes, for example. Buffering systems are used within drinks and particularly beverages. You may see acidity regulators mentioned on the labelling of some drinks, although those acidity regulators are buffers. You also have buffers in shampoos, soaps, skin creams, that sort of thing. So if we're going to consider how they work, we need to consider a little bit about their composition first. What are they made from? Well, an acidic buffer, a buffer with a pH below 7, will have a weak acid and a salt. And the salt has the same anion as the weak acid. So for example, if the weak acid happened to be ethanoic acid, then our salt would be something like sodium ethanoate. And it's the combination of the two in solution that give the buffering function to the solution. So how do they work? Well, We already talked in episodes 9 and 10 about the partial dissociation of weak acids and the fact an equilibrium is set up in that dissociation. So if we have a buffer solution at a particular pH and we add acid to it, then Le Chatelier's principle tells us that the equilibrium position will move towards the undissociated acid. However, if we add base and that reacts with our hydrogen ions and reduces their concentration, then Le Chatelier's principle tells us, that more acid will dissociate, the equilibrium position will move towards the side with the dissociated ions. And therefore, whether we add acid or we add base to a buffer solution, we're able to maintain a fairly stable pH. It's important to understand how a buffer works, because that will help you to understand the questions that you're asked in your exam. And it's possible you'll even be asked to explain how a buffer works as well. So do learn that quite well. Something you will certainly be asked to do in an exam question is to do some calculations related to an acid buffer. So that's why we're going to focus on that now. And if you've already listened to episode 10, you'll remember that we talked about the acid dissociation constant and how to use it to perform calculations for weak acids. Well, we do the same again for a buffer, but we have to make different assumptions. The assumptions we apply to weak acids on their own don't apply to a buffer. One of the assumptions we made regarding calculations involving just weak acids on their own doesn't apply to buffers, and that assumption is about the concentration of A minus, the dissociated anion. So in a buffer solution, we can't assume that that concentration is equal to the hydrogen ion concentration, because it certainly isn't. It's nothing like it. As well as the anion that is formed from the dissociation of the acid, we will have a significant concentration of the anion from the salt that is part of that buffer. And because the salt dissociates 100%, The assumption that we make when we're dealing with a buffer solution is that the anion concentration A- is equal to the salt concentration that we started with. This means our acid dissociation constant can't be simplified. We're left with Ka, the acid dissociation constant, equals H- concentration times A- concentration divided by the concentration of HA, the undissociated acid we can't remove the A minus term. So when we rearrange our equation, when we need to put H plus or A minus or HA on one side of the equation to isolate it to calculate its concentration, when we're asked to calculate any of those terms, we need to isolate that term onto one side, just like we do with any algebra. And so if we need to calculate the KA value, we can use the equation as we've just stated. But if we need to calculate, for example, H plus, then we need to rearrange the equation to isolate H plus onto one side. Likewise, if we need to calculate the value of A minus, then we need to rearrange the equation to isolate A minus on one side and all the other terms on the opposite side. And similar for H A, we need to calculate the acid concentration. We also need to rearrange the equation to isolate H A onto one side too. Then we can put in the concentration values that we know and calculate the term that we don't know that we're asked to calculate. And of course, we're sometimes given pH, and we need to know the H plus concentration value, so we would use our calculation that the H plus concentration equals 10 to the minus pH. So how do we do that? Well, if the pH happened to be 5, then our hydrogen ion concentration would equal 10 to the minus 5. As for other concentrations, we need to be careful about how the question sets up the concentrations. To consider this thoroughly, we need to think about what the composition of a buffer is. And actually, there are several ways we could make our buffer. So we mentioned already that a, a buffer solution is a solution that contains a weak acid and it contains a salt of the same anion. So for example, ethanoic acid would be our weak acid. We could have sodium ethanoate as the salt. So how would we prepare that? We need to know the various ways because actually exam questions might ask any of these ways. So it might be quite straightforward in as much as we might be told that we use a certain volume of the acid solution of a known concentration and then to make the buffer we add to that a certain volume of the salt solution of a known concentration. What do we need to do there, we need to be careful that we realise that the acid concentration and the salt concentration in the buffer will not be the same as they were in the individual solutions. The acid that we started with will have been diluted by the addition of the salt solution. So we need to take the added volume into account. Likewise, the salt concentration will have been diluted by being added to the acid solution. So we need to, again, adjust the concentration based on the total volume. So that situation is where we add a solution of the acid and a solution of the salt together. We just need to make sure we adjust the concentrations based on the total volume. Another way of making this solution would be to add a quantity of the solid salt to the acid solution. And in this case, we don't consider there's been a volume change, so the acid concentration won't be changed. But we do need to calculate what the concentration of the salt is in the volume of acid solution that we've added it to. You need to calculate that in moles per decimeter cubed. So in this example, you would need to calculate the concentration for the salt, but the acid concentration is unchanged from the stock solution of acid that you started with. Another way of preparing a buffer is to start with a solution of the acid and then instead of adding the salt, you would add a small amount of a base like sodium hydroxide or potassium hydroxide. This would be a small amount of base that would react with some of the acid and therefore produce some of the salt. So in our example, if we started with ethanoic acid and added a small amount of sodium hydroxide to it, some of that sodium hydroxide would react with the ethanoic acid and form the salt sodium methanoate. So we need to work out how much sodium methanoate is formed and what the concentration of that would be. And we also need to be aware that that means that some of our acid has been neutralised, so we need to adjust the concentration of the acid. So we need to realise there's been a reduction in the concentration of the acid and the number of moles of acid present. So you need to calculate that based on how much of the acid reacted with the amount of sodium hydroxide that was added. Now this sodium hydroxide might be added as a solid or it might be added as a solution. So again, you may need to adjust based on the volume. So if it was added as a solution, this is going to change the volume of the buffer, and therefore you need to consider that volume change as well. So that's the trickiest situation that you would be given. But if you break it down, it's not too difficult. You just need to realise how much acid did you start with, how much acid reacted with the sodium hydroxide and therefore you can work out the remaining number of moles of acid you have. You can also from that equation work out the number of moles of salt that were produced and then based on the total volume of your buffer you can work out the concentrations in moles per decimeter cubed of your acid and your salt. Now any of these ways can be used, you just need to know once you've mixed your buffer what is your acid concentration and what is your salt concentration and then put those values into the equation and carry out your calculation. Now in episode 10 I recommended that you do plenty of practice of calculations involving weak acids. And I think it's, it's really important to also give that recommendation at least as strongly regarding doing calculations for acid buffers, because it's almost guaranteed that you will get an exam question that asks you to make calculation based on buffer solutions. So try and get comfortable with those. They do seem tricky at first, but just like everything else, practice will help. My suggestion is once you've come to the end of this episode, go and find some past papers, maybe on the website from your exam board. Find the questions about buffers and and tackle them. Keep having a go at them until you feel more comfortable with them. So I hope this episode has helped you. I know the practice of those papers will help you a great deal as well. Don't forget, I do like to hear from you. Thank you for everyone who's got in touch so far. And if you do want to get in touch, please do so I'm on Instagram at Simple, Or you can also email me at matthew at net. I'd like to hear any suggestions for topics for future episodes too. And if this episode has been of use to you, please do tell your friends about it. And don't forget to press subscribe or follow in your podcast player. I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode. Look after yourself till then. Keep practicing those questions and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.